0: to On the Road, Australia's number one weekly podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. Here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around Australia. On the Road is brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. And NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer.
1: Show number 169. Now I know this one's a little bit late in the day. You're used to be able to getting them in the morning, but I've been away trucking all week, and I didn't get a chance to put it together. Obviously, while I was on the road, here it is. A little bit late. That's my excuse, and I'm sticking with it. This week we've got a little bit of a different show. We don't have the normal country artists that we would normally have for you, but Andy has really knocked together a little bit of a special. Featuring country artists that have done rock and roll covers and having a bit of a look at some of the things that have gone backwards and forwards. Really is quite interesting. Finishes off with a song from that wonderful artist Dolly Parton. Now, Dolly's getting on a little bit and she's still out there rocking it. It's really quite interesting. Paul Biagini is in with Andy for the news, of course, and Bob McMillan backs up with something to talk about. All in all, not too bad. Now, before we get into the show, I just want to have a bit of a look at a news story that's turned up while uh, I've been driving around. It came out this very morning on the Daily Mail. I don't normally read the Daily Mail. It's not uh, a rag that I sort of subscribe to or, or anything like that. But this link was sent to me, and it was sent to me because it's talking about something that's very important to us, something that we've been going on about a little bit, the is called Highway to Hell, Why One Truck Driver Every Week Has Been Killed in a Tragic Year of Carnage on Australia's Roads. This piece was written by someone called Kevin Ayres for the Daily Mail Australia. It was published on the 4th of December, 2023. Reading the story, they're blaming deadly schedules and poor training behind the road crash carnage, which has killed a record number of Aussie truckies this year. 213 people, including 49 truck drivers, have died in truck-related crashes on Australian highways in 2023, which is up from 178 deaths in 2022. Five have been killed in the last two weeks alone. A teenage driver, aged just 19, was killed in a freak triple truck crash on the Sturt Highway at Murrumbidgee in southern New South Wales. Another driver in the smash was catapulted out of his cabin as suffered serious life-changing head and spinal injuries and a third was airlifted to hospital. Earlier in the day, another truckie was killed when his vehicle rolled over on him as he tried to fix it by the side of the road in Wingfield. Another B-double driver has died when he ran off the road in the Newell Highway in the Riverina on Monday, last Monday I'm assuming, A 40-year-old driver died when his truck careered off the Bruce Highway and rolled over near Clareview, which is up near Mackay, about 120km south of Mackay. A 48-year-old truckie was killed in yet another crash last Friday when two trucks collided 40km south of Griffith. Every time we hear about these accidents, we wonder who it is. Is it someone you know? Now, I know that I've been to more funerals than I care to count, and so says this other driver that they're talking about in the story. You know, we've all uh, we've all buried some mates, and you just wonder what's been going on. Now, he's made some claims here in this story, which I, I struggle with a little bit. He said that one driver's claimed that he's been complaining he's been up for 24 hours and uh, tell, told his boss about it, and his boss has pushed him on and told him to keep going, and then he said that the bloke ran off the road. Now, I don't know whether that's true. Very, very hard to verify, all that sort of thing. But I would say to you at this point, if that is true and if that's happened to you, then you're working for the wrong boss. And I've said that over and over and over. You know, we've all been in the situation where we've heard of accidents. You know, I certainly, if I'm on a piece of road working and there's a major accident on it, I will ring rose up and let her know that it's not me, right? Now, the fact that that even goes through your mind sort of suggests that we're really starting to think about, right, at least I'm starting to think about this thing. And the fact that they can hear these stories while you're out on the road, your other half, can hear these stories while you're out on the road, and they've usually got a fairly good idea where you are. So I would be saying to you, if you're driving around over the Christmas period or at any time, and you listen to this, and something's happening. Give your other half, your significant other, whatever it is, a quick phone call, uh, and just say good day to them. You don't have to say you weren't involved in the action, but just say good day to them, and uh, ask them how they're going, etc. And um, they will then know that you're okay. Now, one of the things that disturbs me about this particular story is that they put a picture in of a De Bruins truck uh, which had an accident in Tasmania. Now, I understand that this driver in that particular accident suffered a medical episode and he happened to be behind the wheel of the truck at the time and that's why the thing crashed. He didn't die as a result of the accident, he died as a result of his medical episode. I'm not trying to split hairs here. I think that if you're going to tell these stories at least tell the truth about what's going on. I think maybe uh, someone has been a little bit creative with the image. I'm not sure that one would be one that the writer would have picked if he chose to be honest. Uh, it says on the image itself it's an AAP image, so it's a stock image that they've just used. It's a crash truck, and I don't think that that's quite right anyway. Now, this is another thing apart. part this story that's troubling me a little bit. They're saying that drivers are regularly driving up to 14 hours a day. Well, drivers are regularly driving up to 14 hours a day because under BFM, that's what's legal. This story uh, sort of skews things a little bit, I think. Uh, To those who don't know, they're making it sound like 14 hours, we're doing something wrong. Here's the thing. The majority of these drivers, the majority of these accidents, the drivers are perfectly legal when they have these accidents. Any research that I've seen suggests that they're legal in their logbooks. They're where they're supposed to be. They've not done anything wrong. These accidents just happen. The other part about this story is it never says anywhere in here that 80% of the accidents, the truck-involved accidents, are not the fault of the heavy vehicle. It doesn't say that in here either. So there is a certain amount of scare in this story. Having said that, the driver that they've been talking to, he's got his photo here beside our mate, uh TWU Secretary Michael Kane, John Walters his name is, um, he's saying that he's blaming the tragedies on poor training, high-pressure schedules and paper-thin margins. Well, we all know that the margins in trucking aren't good. We all know that there are tight schedules. We've been working with it for a while. And I, I think that this article is sort of a sideways slant at the closing loopholes bill that's going through the Senate at the moment to try and encourage the Senators to uh, have a bit of a go at the reform. In fact, in the end of the story, it says the union's plea for reform. Mr. Walters' pleas have been echoed by the Transport Workers' Union, which has demanded Parliament urgently pass new legislation to tackle the problem. Proposed laws would close a loophole allowing companies to negotiate a rate of pay with workers and then bring Labor hire in and pay them less. I've got to say that politicising the deaths on the highway to get a bill looked at in the parliament probably does leave a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth, not something that I would do. Now, having said that, there are too many of us dying on the road. Absolutely, I 100% agree. Does there have to be reform? Absolutely, there does. I agree. I have been shouting it for the rooftops for quite some time. There really does need to be some form of reform. I will also say at this point in time that I think the omnibus bill is the biggest mistake that could have been made with this piece of legislation. I agree that there are certainly other aspects of industrial relations which need to be reformed, but I have said and will continue to say that I think that the way that it's gone through the Parliament is a mistake. And I hope I'm wrong. God, I hope I'm wrong. But I do think that the bill is going to fall over. Now, right now, that's what I think. I hope I'm wrong because there is some good stuff in there. But by God, there's some crap in there as well. There's some stuff that some people really can't tolerate. And I understand that. That is the nature of the beast with an omnibus bill. What happens is governments of both sides, it's not restricted to just one, they want to get their little ideological bits through the parliament, Best way to do that, stick it in an omnibus bill with bits that people like. And if they want the stuff they like, then they've got to chew on the stuff they don't like as well. To me, I think omnibus bills should be illegal. They should be banned. They shouldn't be allowed to happen. That's my thoughts on that. Now, I'm no politician and uh, probably the best that I'm not. Anyway, that's that. That's the article. You can go to the Daily Mail and find the article, read it yourself and have a little bit of a a look. You know, they're saying in here that uh, industry giants like Lynn Fox lead the way in training drivers and driver care, but others often employ truckies without the skills to survive, and perhaps some of them shouldn't have the licences. Thoroughly agree. But there are plenty of good companies out there with plenty of good drivers and plenty of good training. There's also some out there that aren't being trained properly, and they are the responsibility of the companies that employ them and they really should be held to account. You know, what can we say about the fatigue model and the logbook model? It's a flawed beast. We all know it. All right, let's get on with the show. Uh, Stay safe out there. It's madness, 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 madness on the roads leading up to Christmas. We all know that's the case. Try and keep it safe and just remember that they're all trying to run into you. Keep your head on a swivel. All right, let's get on with it.
0: Road News is proudly brought to you by Queensland Rail. Committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Go to www.qr.com.au G'day, Paul. Another week, another news
2: segment. They roll around quickly, Andy. How are
0: you? I'm doing all right. How are you travelling?
2: Not too shabby at all, uh, surviving that whacking great big storm that comes through off the Darling Downs yesterday down in the Brisbane. We had another beautiful deluge here at Mulgowie. I wasn't home when it happened, but I can tell by the grass and the rain gauge that things are good. So, mm. on that front,
0: Things could not be better, actually, yeah. Oh, mate, it was a beauty down here. I had fair warning of it. We see them when they're coming. And so I went out and did the right thing and tied down all the garden furniture and everything that could blow away and it worked well. The house was gone, but all the furniture still there.
2: (laughs) The trampoline and the gazebo was there. The house was in Moreton Bay. But anyway, it's all
0: Yeah, yeah. well, fortunately, I tied them to the neighbour's house. But anyway, you do these things. (laughs) Mate, I've got a question for you. I've been wondering about the heritage of the name Beagini. Is it an Italian name?
2: It is a northern Italian name, yes, from Tuscany. Okay. Yes. Because I, I
0: wondered, you know, with how things are these days, where you can identify as being anything you want to be. Perhaps you identified as a, as a genie, you know, be a genie.
2: As a genie? Yeah. Well, uh, as a young fellow at school, I used to get the uh, three wishes, be a genie. Mm. Yeah. Oh, grant me three wishes. Yes, that was before we were offended by everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't that sad? And if you recall in the, in the early 80s, I don't know if you recall, the KFC years ago did a uh, spaghetti chicken pack, and it was called the Spachookie Pack, and also got called Spachookie quite a lot.
0: I do not recall that at all.
2: Spachookie Pack, spaghetti and chicken. It was actually it was actually quite tasty, I have to admit.
0: Yeah. Mm. Mm. Speaking of genies and your three wishes, I was reminded of the story when I was thinking about this before. About the day that King Charles backed his ranger over out of the royal garage and accidentally ran over Prince Harry. Goodness me. (laughs) Catastrophe. He jumped out of the car, ran to the back, but alas, poor Harry was pretty much gone. So he wandered dejectedly back into the garage and saw this old bronze lamp that Camilla uses as an ashtray (laughs) sitting on the workbench. And the royals, being the superstitious lot they are, King Charles thought, hey, it's worth a try. so he pulled out his monogram silk hanky and gave the thing a rub furiously, and sure enough, out popped a genie. Righto, chuckles, the genie said. Three wishes, bud. You know how these things work. Wow, said the king. Well, I just ran over Prince Harry, and I fear the little fella might have expired. <laughs> so the genie takes a look at Harry and says, Sorry, old oh mate, he's gone. Second wish. Charles thinks for a minute, says, Okay, well, can you make Camilla beautiful? The <laughs> genie pauses for a moment, says, Hang on, let me take another look at Harry.
2: isn't that awful it's pretty funny and possibly offensive to somebody I'm sure well I reckon Chuckles would have a laugh at it himself he's got a humour he seems like a funny sort of fella. Mm,
3: mm,
2: not sure about
0: these misses, but anyway, that's another story. <laughs> News we're not talking about this week. We won't be talking about Hino claiming record demand for their diesel electric range, because we don't talk about electric trucks with Mike not here. No. Nor will we talk about Scania announcing new green targets for their suppliers. Or St Vincent's Hospital in Sydney improving patient transport with IVECO dailies? Wow. Or BP beginning the design of a historic renewable hydrogen project? I think they're all things we can leave alone for this week. And
2: we can leave them while I'm truly alone, Andy.
0: So here's the news we do want to talk about. First cab off the rank, Paul News that coming into the silly season... Our illustrious police are going to be looking out for obese caravans with Christmas presents being handed out like fines and demerit points to all those who are on the naughty list.
2: Oh, isn't it about time, I have to say? Mm -hmm. It's about time they leave us alone and look at some of the other road users. So, Hmm. yes, coming up to uh, Christmas... Take notice, caravaners, with your caravans full of the milk crates of homebrew and pudding and presents, take note. Yeah. They are cracking down on overweight caravans with fines and demerit points. The police state, very wisely, I guess, overweight caravans pose a huge safety risk to all road users. Mm. Apart from being illegal, it also reduces the stability. In a Queensland-wide operation last year, they talk about authorities found 9 out of 10 caravans were overweight. That's an extraordinary number. Mm. It was about the same percentage as people, really, isn't it? Uh, Nine out of ten overweight, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And again, let's imagine if that was an NHVR operation on trucks, I'm sure that would have made national news. Yeah. They also found that if we want to talk about axle weights, the majority of it was over the rear axle of the car, so... We've all seen, no doubt, the car and caravan traveling down the highway with the headlights in the air and the back into of the car on the bitumen and the nose of the caravan. So, oh, yeah. Look, not before time. I certainly hope that they back up with what they're saying. As usual, there is fines involved. Some of them are quite hefty,
3: Andy. Yeah.
2: Down here in downtown Queensland. If you get caught exceeding the limit in your car and caravan, you could risk a $287 fine
3: yeah. and
2: three demerit points. That's quite a whack on the back of the hand. Yeah. Moving down south, as the numbers always get bigger, as they do, and possibly the obese caravans, New South Wales, the fine there is up to $469 and three demerit points.
3: Yeah.
2: Moving further south and the numbers get up even bigger into downtown Victoria, it's $1,580 and three demerit points.
0: And you're first born.
2: <laughs> And your firstborn. first born, yeah. So uh, yeah. I hope the authorities come out with some reports in the new year of what they found. You know, they always come out with the road toll and drink driving stats and, of course, truck interceptions and stats. So let's hope that they come out and tell us what they found and maybe we can make the roads a little bit safer from those swaying caravans, left, right, left, right off the road they go.
0: Yeah. Well, they did a trial run just down in Bow Desert, I think, and they did it as a freebie thing and, you know, no questions asked kind of thing, but just Mm. to see where people were placed and offer them the opportunity to go down and run their caravans over the scales and see how they look. I did hear about that. It was something like 65% or something were all found to be overweight. Mm. And these people thought, no, well, I'll be all right. So, yeah, I'm glad they're looking into it. It's a good thing.
2: It just goes to show you again, it's it's all about education, not persecution, you know. Mm. I wish they could give the transport industry the same decency of some more education, less persecution, because at the end of the day, we educate drivers to be better drivers and more competent in the vehicles they're in control of, or easily that, that has to help with the road toll.
0: You just wonder if all those ones that went in for the trial run had their numbers taken down and they're on a hit list now, but anyway. Indeed. That's being cynical. Not like us. Yeah. <laughs> While staying on the subject of caravans, New South Wales police are urging caravan towers and other motorists to be more considerate of truckies by not parking in the large vehicle parking spaces in rest areas.
2: Once again, we've spoken about this and our good mate Rod Hannafrey has uh, penned very, very well detailed articles on the subject of the poor old driver wanting to pull into a dedicated parking area to have his forced brake that the authorities say you must have or else. Mm. Only find that oh. he or she cannot park in there because the trailer bays are full of cars and caravans. Yep. So New South Wales police, interestingly enough, again, doesn't that just show us our disconnect between the country because it should be all police in all states leading up to Christmas. You'd think so. Have urged motorists to be more considerate in the truck bays and rest areas. They've also clarified that it is legal to park your car with a caravan or trailer in those bays. Unfortunately, it's not illegal. Mm. Like it is if you park you know, many rural towns around Australia now, they have the signs up saying no trucks parking at night and I'm sure if you pull up there for half an hour to get a uh, quick sandwich and a coffee in a cafe late at night, no doubt you're at risk of fine. The caravan is sadly are not, but they have urged them to have some consideration I did see some comments in a thread of this article on Ridiculous Book during the week. And goodness me, some of the comments coming from, I guess I'm assuming motorists, you know, oh, poor truck drivers. Oh, just because they've got a bigger vehicle, Mm. they deserve the parking spot. Well, they actually kind of do. So what I would love to see is, again, education and maybe a little bit of persecution. I would love to see the police all around Australia pull in when they go past these uh, rest areas and see the car and caravan or car and trailer taking up that spot. Maybe they could pull in, have a chat and move them along at least. Yep, all done politely, of course. It can be done politely, but you can still put the point across. But again, being a little bit cynical, Andy, will that happen? Mm, We can only wait and see, can't we?
0: Well, it's interesting, isn't it, the priorities of these things. I'm on the bayside over here, and you go down to the point near to where I live. And if you dare park your car in a boat trailer spot... Mm, all hell breaks loose. There's someone on top of you in five minutes with a fine written out, and if you're still there half an hour later, it's towed away. Mm. But that's because you're inconveniencing a boatie who needs to put his car and his boat somewhere. So,
2: And fair chance that boatie is probably an influential voter, and once again, they, the authorities, I guess, don't see the many tens of thousands of long-distance truck drivers in Australia as voters, even though they all are. It's a bit sad, isn't it? It is sad. Terrible, actually.
3: Mm.
0: Mm. Well, on the subject of sad, mate, sad news through this week that container transport icon Maury Considine Considine, I'm not sure on the pronunciation, so apologies, has passed away at the age of 91 with a flood of tributes coming through from family, friends and colleagues. Mm.
2: Yeah, 91 years of age, which is a good innings. It is. I must say, I was not aware of Seacon carriers, which uh, Young Murray founded. So I've done a little bit of research. So Seacon was started in 1969. Murray started that with his business partner, Jim Seed, side. Mm. Interestingly enough, they started the business when the first fully containerized ship started arriving into the ports of Australia. Wow. Now, one thing that we all do as human beings, we take things for granted and don't really notice things until they drastically change. Mm. And I'm somewhat guilty of it. I guess we've always presumed that freight arrived in containers on ships, but obviously not the case so these two gentlemen had the foresight to basically start in inverted commas a quote this newfangled shipping trend yeah. which was <laughs> containerized freight coming in from overseas getting dropped on a truck at the wharf and going to its destination yeah. you know that is now a global standard in shipping around the world of course back then it obviously wasn't so um, yeah seek and carry is quite a uh, reputable company And one of the quotes that Maury Constantine made throughout the later years of his life was one of his greatest achievements and one of the things he was most proud of was employing 150 of his workers, which is a very nice thing for a business owner and employer to actually make a comment on their workers because unfortunately this day and age, there seems to be a lot of us versus them when it comes to company owners and management to start. Mm. So a very nice legacy that young Murray has left behind. And let's face it, every time I know now, whenever I see a box car to run the room with a container on, I kind of go, hmm, I know who sort of started that trend in Australia. Good on you, Murray. Yeah. Good on you, Murray. Yeah, absolutely. Trailblazer.
0: Paul, a major issue has come to light in WA with reports of some truckies dumping large quantities of grain in parking bays along the Dumble Young Lake Grace Road. I guess you could call the offenders serial pests.
2: I'm glad you pronounced that road as well. I've written it down in my notes here going, how am I going to pronounce that correctly?
0: Well, I took three goes at it, but I'll edit out the first two.
2: (laughs) Well done, Andy. Mm. So truck driver Stuart Taylor, who is based in Contanning in WA, where our dear Yogi is from. That's
0: a famous place,
2: yes. It is a famous place. has complained about drivers dumping grain on parking bays on the the Dumble Young Lake Grace Road. There we go, twice in a row. Very good. Well done. He thinks drivers should be named and shamed and fined for dumping grain on the side of the road. Now, I'm going to throw my five cents in here and... Please don't hate me, Stuart, if you're listening. I'm kind of not sure if it's the worst thing in the world. Grain is organic and I guess at the end of the day it'll feed birds and I don't think it's quite as bad as someone dumping three or 400 kilos of garbage or truck tyres or oil on the side of the road. But anyway, mm. Stuart's cranky about it. He states that he feels that uh, when a car and caravan, here we go, leading up to Christmas, car and caravan again, yep. family pulls into a park and bay and wants to park up and they can't get in there because there's a pile of grain there. So... Stuart goes on, though, I must say. He goes on in defence of his fellow drivers, which is nice to read. He also blames the grain companies because their infrastructure is so outdated that the modern gear, when it goes to tip grain into some of these facilities, they're so outdated that they basically can't empty the trailers out. Right. So that basically leaves the tippers with two or 300 kilos of grain left inside the trailer.
0: How come they can't empty them out into the, into the hoppers or whatever, but they can still empty them out into a parking bay?
2: That's a bit of a mystery, I guess, what the cheeky buggers are doing is pulling up on the side of the road and tipping the tippers right up in the air and dumping the grain out, I suppose. Well, mate, you're a
0: farmer. I am. Why wouldn't they just, you know, see a farm somewhere and, and just drop it at the gate of the farm or something? Let the farmer use it.
2: That is a valid point, and I guess when uh, grain prices are up, and you possibly sell your grain by the 20 kilo pail and not with a roadside stall, I'm, I'm not really sure.
0: Well, as a farmer, if someone dropped a decent load of grain at your gate, would you be really annoyed or would you go, thanks for that? Yeah, I'll use that. I would be thrilled.
2: Yeah, there you go. I would be thrilled. I'd go, I'd look around and say, thank you very much for whoever that is and jolly good. I must say that I guess this is another thing of Mike talking about, these uh, alphabet road trains everywhere. It just goes to show you again, the facilities are not keeping up with the combinations. The combinations are getting bigger, longer, taller, and we're still trying to jam all these massive vehicles into these little green terminals. So, yeah.
0: Interesting. Mm. Now, mate, you've got a bit of a breaking news story for us.
2: Oh, breaking news. Now, do you have our breaking news sound effect? Yep. In another case of do as I say, not as I do. Oh, yeah. Oh, goodness me, New South Wales police, what are we doing? The identity of a senior New South Wales police officer has been kept secret for 40 years. There's been a suppression order on his name. The officer in question was accused of drunkenly crashing his work car. No. And abandoning it, basically taking a hike. Surely not. Surely not. This officer was seen on CCTV at two pubs prior to the incident or accident, downing more than 20 drinks before jumping in the car driving. He's returned a high reading, so he's been behind the wheel of the car drunk. He's crashed the car. He's bailed. He's left it. Mm. The New South Wales police commissioner has threatened jail time to anyone that will release his name. Oof. So yeah, it really is a case of as do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Tisk, Tisk, New South Wales police. Slap across the wrists, yes. Goodness me. I'm gonna give him Millie's acting the goat award for this week, Andy. I believe he deserves a big
0: Rightly so. Well, mate, all that leaves was our thought for the week and saying we were, well, we weren't really on the subject, it was me because I do that. I latch onto something and don't let go, but we're on the subject of genies. So our quote this week comes from the author Sydney Sheldon, who said, Stories had always been told about male genies coming out of bottles, but they were usually fat old men. Never had the genie been a gorgeous woman and that idea really appealed to me. So we have Mr Sheldon to thank for giving us the lovely Barbara Eden. And wasn't she an absolute darling? I was so in love with her, as I think most teenage boys were, but she's 92 now.
3: Oh,
2: really? But she still looks pretty good. She was a stunning girl, Andy. With that lovely thought in mind, I'm going to leave you with it. Safe travels to all the drivers out there. Get home to your family safe and sound.
0: Absolutely. Take care, mate. Road News is proudly brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Go to www.qr.com.au G'day Andy here and this week I'm straying away just a bit from our usual music segment style to share with you a slightly different phenomena in music these days. For some time now, pop and rock artists around the globe have realised that not only is country music here to stay, Its popularity is huge and growing every day. Subsequently, many of these artists have recorded covers of past country hits and some of them are even penning their own country-flavoured tunes just to cash in on it. So let's turn the tables on this scenario and look at some of the country artists who've chosen to record some covers of rock and pop songs and, believe me, there's a lot of them. To kick it off, you may remember Elton John's huge hit called Rocket Man. Here's a bit of a refresher.
3: I miss the earth so much. I miss my wife. It's lonely out in space. On such a time, I'm less flight. No.
0: Well, a bluegrass country outfit called Generous Farmer decided to give it a rather hillbilly flavour when they recorded this.
2: I miss the earth so
4: much, I miss my way. it's lonely out in space,
3: such a time. brings me I the man they think I am at home no no I'm a rocket man.
0: Now one of the first country megastars to take on a popular rock tune was Garth Brooks who decided to record Billy Joel's song You may be right. Now have a listen to Garth's version recorded live and even joined on stage by Billy Joel himself. Here it is. It's no secret that the undisputed queen of country music is without doubt the amazing Dolly Parton, and she's just released a brand new album this week called Rockstar. It's a brilliant collection of rock and pop cover songs, and she's joined on many of the tracks by the people who sang the originals. People like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Paul McCartney, or should I say Sir Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr from The Beatles, and even, gasp, Miley Cyrus. It's worth bearing in mind at this point that Dolly has recently celebrated her seventy-seventh birthday. Well she certainly doesn't look it, and her voice is as crystal clear and beautiful as it ever was. She's timeless in just about every way. If you were about in the eighties, you couldn't forget the band Heart with their huge hit Magic Band.
3: So strong, but a man came to me. Never seen eyes so blue. I could not learn the way it seemed, it seemed easy.
0: Now here it is once more. This time with the dolly parton treatment, with a bit of help from Nancy Wilson.
3: Cold late nights, a long ago, when I was not so strong.
0: here's some more from Dolly's new album a little later but first one of the biggest hits of the 1980s was Tracy Chapman's Fast Car. Great song too.
4: See my old man's got a problem. Yeah but the bottle that's the way it is. He says body's too old for working. Body's too young to look like his. But mama went off and left him. She wanted more from life than he could give. I said somebody's got to take care of him. I quit school, that's what I do. You got a fast car. Is it fast enough so we can fly away? You got to make a decision. Leave tonight or live and die this way. So remember, Driving in your car, speed so fast, I felt like I was drunk. Sitting lights stay out before us, and your arm felt nice, like wrapped round my shoulder. And I, I had a feeling that I belonged. I, I had a feeling I could be someone, be someone, be someone.
0: American country megastar Luke Combs claims it's his favourite song of all time and to prove it, he recorded this beautiful version as a tribute to Chapman. Have a listen.
3: A we go cruising, Still ain't got a job So I work in the market, it's check out girl I know things will get better You'll find a way So I remember when we were driving, driving in your car. Speed so fast I feel like I was drunk. Sitting like today, I'm closing up.
0: Now, as I mentioned a little earlier, Dolly, God bless her southern cotton socks, even recorded a duet with Miley Cyrus of her mega hit Wrecking Ball. Now, it's okay, I'm sure you don't want to hear it all, but here's a taste of it just to help build the intrigue. Back in the 90s, there were fewer bands on the planet bigger than Collective Soul. You will, I'm sure, remember their monster hit single simply called Shine. Let me jog your memory a bit here. So once again Dolly has put her stamp on the song with this delightful version. To finish up this week's segment, one of my favourite Aussie bands of all time, the incredible Far Gone Beauties, now be careful if you say that very quickly over and over, with their stonking, countrified version of ACDC's Highway to Hell. Enjoy.
2: near but he kept his family fed and then one day he was shooting at some food
0: nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents, and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page.
5: Hi there. I uh, received a rather interesting um, email a few days ago. I just really don't know where some people are coming from, I'm afraid. Might have a bit to do with my vintage and the fact that I started out when things were a lot more basic and uh, than they are now and everything. But I try to stay abreast of developments and I think the last little interview Mike and I did, something to talk about last week's evidence of that. Anyway, this email comes from uh, some self-interested people, I should imagine, and it says... Freight Exchange, which is a company I've not heard of before, appoints industry veteran to lead Australia's logistic revolution. Well, that sounds pretty scary just to start with. Anyway, to quote, special report. With the Australian freight industry on the cusp of a transformative revolution driven by the inexorable rise of artificial intelligence, leading logistics and supply chain solutions provider Freight Exchange has appointed industry veteran Phil Reed as its new country business manager for Australia. Well, not only have I never heard of Freight Exchange, I've never met Phil Reed, and uh, I don't know whether he's an industry veteran or a legend or uh, how, or why that is the case, but uh, they're saying this, so I suppose the customers and um, industry network associates will choose to believe it. You know, maybe they know more than I do, which is fine. But anyway, they're saying about artificial intelligence, Freight Exchange's cloud-based, API-enabled platform uses a unique combination of logistics, automation, and freight transport aggregation software. This cutting-edge technology enables customers to seamlessly match their freight requirements with optimal solutions, resulting in significant cost savings, do, and a reduced environmental impact. The company provides an all-encompassing solution catering to everything from large-scale freight to parcel shipments. Phil Reed brings over 30 years of industry experience to his new role and it goes on to say where he's worked and, okay, some of the companies he's worked are familiar to me and um, they say that he's managed a lot of big accounts and all this sort of thing. Well, that's wonderful. I wish Phil well. But... When you have a look at it, freight exchange is just another one of our new wave of uh, digital freight boards swamping the industry. So whether you call that a transformative revolution or not, I'm not sure. But it's probably a scary one because the, uh, the real consideration, and, and I've said this before about the American load boards, where they, they, they're obviously there from everything you read about them, from the point of view of the, the load boards themselves, the other industry observers and the, uh, you know, the, the uh, carriers that use them. Uh, and even looking at some of what the shippers, some of the shippers say. I see a lot of this stuff in Overdrive magazine and on LinkedIn, of which I'm a, a member, and they're all dwelling on the significant cost savings. Well, it's got me buggered how you can have cost savings on one part of the equation and cost escalations of a, of a serious nature on the other side. So I don't know if we're all doomed or not, but uh, maybe some of the load boards ought to be doomed before some of the carriers are doomed. And just to back it all up, I don't know how people still get my email address and my phone number. I'm, I've been retired for a little while now, a bit over three years, and I'm and, um, just on three years. Um, I still, And, of course, I'm still working part-time in a bit of operations and admin, so that's fair enough. But... Whenever I get an email uh, from these people looking for a truck, when I have the time, I query about the rate. Up until today, I've never been able to get a clear answer on what rate these people are paying, and so I'm just assuming that they're not paying enough, or they're paying less than others, or that they're probably not very good payers. I'm not saying they don't pay their bills, although that can happen too, but I certainly think that they're probably taking part in these significant cost savings to the shippers, or the consignors, as, as we call them, and so I've managed to find evidence of that today. I won't name names, and I'm not saying that this company I'm talking about, um, Freight Exchange, would be guilty of any of this, but you have to wonder. Another company sent me an email. uh, It said, uh, B double tort line is required. From Melbourne to Sydney, uh, we can pay COD for these loads. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. So I uh, emailed back and said, how much are you paying for these COD loads? What is your rate? Well, I had to ask twice, but then I got an answer back saying they were paying $2,500. Didn't mention anything about a fuel levy or GST or anything else, so I'm guessing that's $2,500 including GST. When you look into it, that's probably about 37% less than what you need at the moment to be viable, bearing in mind that on my figures, you need to be earning the same in both directions from Melbourne to Sydney and Sydney back to Melbourne or through to Brisbane, whatever your next leg is. And if you're uh, in a position where uh, you're limited in what you can earn going back from Sydney, the the difference might be even greater than 37%. But the 37% is made up of 27% fuel levy, which is around the average at the moment, and the 10% GST. So my suspicions have been confirmed about at least some of these lay boards, if not all of them, is that uh, they're not being very nice to us. They're not being very ethical. They're not looking at any sort of reality as far as the cost of running cost of running a vehicle is concerned or anything else. Now, in our, uh, our last podcast, Mike and I spoke about these new contractual laws and how uh, I felt that uh, running costs, realistic running costs at, at least, and, and, and uh, Rages Awards could be linked into uh, the proposal we made. And honestly, whatever the industry decides on, as far as making things fairer and more equitable and more uh, uh, more viable, a realistic understanding of running costs has to be the, and, and of course wages awards too, uh, have to be the, the two main considerations in deciding one whether it's fair or not, and one whether it's a viable contract or not. Yeah, so anyway, there's a bit to worry about here, and of course... The longer it takes the industry to uh, make up its mind, whether we want to wait on the crossbenches and the, the, uh, the senators in parliament or go with uh, something that's already law, like Mike and I spoke about last week, we certainly need to uh, do it more sooner rather than later because uh, these load boards and these, uh, these people involved in this transformative revolution looking after the cost savings for the shippers and the consignors They're getting a pretty good toehold in the industry and in the marketplace. And uh, the longer that goes on without being checked, the less vigilant we are about it, the more trouble we've got down the road. So I don't like doing scare tactics and talking doom and gloom, and uh, I'm a pretty positive bloke, and I always manage to find my way through the doom and gloom. But I wish you were well out there, but it's uh, between the potholes. The crazy drivers that are on drugs coming out of the ACT and now all these people taking part in this transformative revolution with their unique combination of logistics automation and freight transport aggregation software. It's more scary than bloody Battlestar Galactica. Take care. Catch you soon. Thanks for listening. This is Bob McMillan.
0: Taking us out of the show this week Once more it's the wonderful Dolly Parton Joined by Sir Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr With her incredible remake of Let It Be
3: When I find myself in times of trouble Mother Mary comes to me Speaking words of wisdom Let it be the broken hearted people living in the world agree there will be an answer, let it be. For though they may be parting, there is still.
0: brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. And NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Until next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. Bye bye. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions.